0: The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Town meeting starts again next week. In this session of town meeting, town meeting will consider and presumably adopt the budget for the town and the schools for this coming fiscal year, which will be fiscal year 2019. We'll be talking today about some of the major financial issues facing Belmont uh, in town meeting. And to help us do that, uh, we have today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. Joanna, thanks for coming over.
1: Thanks for having me, Roger.
0: We have a lot to cover, so let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, at the top of many people's minds about the the budget for the town each year is the school budget, and the yes. school budget uh, for this coming year, starting uh, on July 1st, 2018. So it'll be fiscal year 19, right. July through June. Yep. The school budget is going up and is actually going up pretty significantly.
1: Yes, about $4 million. Dollars, about $4 million, dollars, that's 7.6%. You go by percentages, and the total is about $57 million.
0: Uh, and perhaps the, the biggest reason that we're talking about an increase in the school budget is the increase in the school enrollment that we keep hearing about
1: that's definitely one of the factors that's um, causing it to go up because enrollment keeps going up about 100 students a year and they see that trend continuing that's one of the reasons why they're building they're proposing to build a high school that's grade 7 to 12 to help reduce the size of classes at the middle school the chennery middle school and uh, they say the, the whole district would be helped by that. It would help take pressure off of every grade in the whole district if you build a grade 7 to 12 high school.
0: Now, I was looking at some of the numbers in the, the school budget, a- and to be quite honest, I was pretty stunned. A- and I've mm-hmm. heard these uh, through the high school uh, building committee conversations, but uh, Belmont's school population I saw has increased roughly 850 students between 2011 and two and 2020. Yes, that that's so
1: definitely th- That's like shocking. Two, <laughs> two,
0: two Wellingtons.
1: Yes. You're right. And 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 look, Wellington was built and already at capacity, right? So that's why they had to have s- students, like if you're moving into the town and you have kindergartners you and you live in the Wellington District, your child may not go to Wellington. Your child may go to Burbank or Winbrook because Wellington's already at capacity.
0: And let's provide some context here because I think uh, many of our listeners will know that that the school district has been adding classrooms mm-hmm. and... The way you add classrooms in a town like Belmont where you have no space is to build modulars. So we have new modulars at uh, the Chenery. We've uh, got new modulars at the Burbank.
1: Well, those are going to be going in. Did they already start construction? I I don't think they're there yet, Uh, but I wouldn't swear to that. This summer for sure, you're going to see a lot of action at the Burbank with those modulars.
0: And they have
1: modulars at the high school as well, which is why the pantry could no longer be there. They had to have the pantry leave because they needed the modulars. Uh,
0: John Phelan, Superintendent Phelan's uh, message to town meeting said that the schools have added 21 new classrooms uh, Mm -hmm. in the last three years. So it's another reason that uh, we're talking about having a grade 7 through 12 high school, which will Affect not simply the the middle school and the high school, but will solve problems going all the way down through the elementary schools.
1: Yep, and so the the reason the budget's going up for FY19 is is because they're adding nine full-time equivalent teaching positions to help.
0: And have you like seen what those positions are? There are they there primarily is, teaching? There
1: is a breakdown here on my list.
0: I know those nine positions are throughout th- uh, the oh district.
1: Yes. Yep, there's an elementary, one elementary classroom teacher. Um, there's, um, a, you know, they're adding staff to the phys ed department, a special ed teacher, a music teacher, uh, two middle school classroom teachers, one middle school administrator because the Chenery Middle School is Bigger than the high school by a hundred students, uh-huh. uh, it's at fourteen hundred students. So they're actually adding one more principal, like an assistant principal. So there's Mr. McAllister, there's Miss, and then his two assistant princi- principals, Mr. Lewis and Mr. Hartunian, and now they're looking for another assistant principal, and two and a half high school teachers, and one uh, district-wide. English language learner teacher. So that comes to nine full-time equivalents. Some of those weren't like full-time like the phys ed and the s- special ed and the music are, sure. are not full-time.
0: And we're talking about additional money for the schools, but I also saw in Superintendent Phelan's uh, message to town meeting that while the school budgets are going up, the student fees are not going up. Uh, this coming year.
1: That's good news.
0: So in order to participate in an extracurricular activity, athletics or music or theater, uh, parents will not be paying more uh, in fees for the coming year.
1: That is good news. And the other additional cost uh, that's in that $4 million uh, is special ed. That's That's just an ongoing expense of the public school system and uh,
0: health insurance. Health insurance is up 11%. Yep. As perhaps uh, uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, and myself included, uh, I saw my health insurance premium spiral uh, this year. Yes. Well, we're talking about money in the schools. Uh, Let me read you a couple of numbers, because, um, and just get your reaction to this, uh, if you have a reaction. All right. Because... Sometimes I think we talk about the school budget and how it increases uh, from year to year and don't realize that uh, the cost on a per-student basis in Belmont is, uh, is actually pretty low. Uh, I saw in the school budget that per-pupil expenditures in Belmont uh, are almost 17% below the statewide uh, average, uh, Belmont, Believe sco- that. Belmont spends uh, about $13,600, $13,700 a year, uh, whereas on average statewide, schools spend uh, $16,000. And then the Belmont schools uh, have a co- what they call a cohort, uh, a group of 27 communities that they compare themselves to You know, communities such as Newton and Lexington and Concord and uh, Belmont uh, is 36% lower Mm -hmm. on a per student. So what
1: does that tell you? What do you think that tells you?
0: Well, one thing it seems to me is that there's no fat left in the school budget. uh, That people, uh, people think that, well, there's always places to cut, and there may be places to cut, but if there are cuts uh, going f- on a going-forward basis, they are those cuts would be reducing significant or substantive school programs.
1: I, I agree with you, Roger. And it also tells you that um, a lot of the um, parents are paying. That's why parents are paying those fees, right? We have the user fees. And the Foundation for Belmont Education is also helping fund things yes. for, the, for the kids.
0: So a lot of money is going into the schools. What I think I just heard you say is that a lot of money is going into the schools through other than property taxes. Right. It's going in through parent-paid right. activity fees and through private charitable yep. fundraising through the mm-hmm. Foundation for Belmont Education. Yep. Well, so the schools are going up. The bottom line is that the schools are going up... Uh, there are more teachers because there are more students, and uh, it's not likely that we're going to see a change uh, in this uh, anytime in the near future. I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, but the new high school, we shouldn't even call it the new high school anymore, the new 7 through 12 uh, school. Uh, should at least address some of the, if not all of the spacing problems. Uh, That's why that they're we're really facing. pushing
1: for it. They really hope that that debt exclusion passes in November. Well, we'll hear a lot about that <laughs> in the fu- in the near future.
0: Let's uh, let's close the door on the schools for uh, for a minute sure. and talk about what I find to be a somewhat depressing. Uh, story, not that the stories that come out in the Citizen Herald need to be depressing, but Mm. let's talk about Belmont's uh, new, I still call them the the new, fire stations. Uh, A town meeting is going to be asked to spend some money on the new fire stations.
1: Yes, and I do agree with you that it is depressing, Roger, and if you haven't seen it firsthand like I have, it's worth taking a look. These fire stations, the two fire stations, the smaller one at 99 Leonard Street and the headquarters at 299 Trapello Road were built in 2006 for $10.5 million. And since then, since right from the beginning when they moved into the buildings, they've had issues. And the issues are that they leak. When it rains, water was coming through the windows and the roof. So they discovered, after hiring a forensic engineer, that the flashing wasn't installed properly, the uh, windows weren't installed properly. There, there was some very um, you know, sloppy work, as Bob McLaughlin <laughs> on the building committee uh, put it.
0: And can I interrupt you for a minute? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to talk about what you mean when you say the flashing wasn't installed correctly, rather than channeling water off of the roofs the the flashing that was installed this is my understanding please correct me if i'm wrong the the flashing that was installed collects the water exactly and channels it to where it it seeps down through the rest of the buildings
1: yeah so i went there today and i even saw that one of the windows when you talk about a window not installed properly you could actually see there was, was like a crack, a gap, all around the border of the window. so You can actually see outside <laughs> clear as day. So they are – they, and, and that's the other thing that's going on there is there's construction work going on. If you go to the headquarters, you'll see they're, they're fixing – they're already in the process of fixing these leaks, which hopefully they will get them all. They don't know if they will, but they're hoping they will. The town has already spent about $500,000 on these repairs, and now they're asking town meeting to approve – Another 600000 to come out of the capital budget, and then another 600000 out of free cash, which is $1.2 million additional dollars for these repairs.
0: And that's in addition to what the buildings cost to begin with 10, ten years ago.
1: Right. Uh, From what I'm told, things were different 10 years ago. They didn't have owners, project managers, or construction at-risk managers on these projects.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because um, I have read that and I've heard people talk about how Belmont has really, maybe even because of the fire stations, has changed the way that it approaches building new buildings. Yes. That – rather than having the building committee be the ultimate overseer I- if you w- or maybe they're the ultimate overseer but they hire a, a a project manager
1: yep like the Belmont High School project has an OPM owner's project manager and they just hired a construction at risk manager who happens to be the same one that they had for the Wellington project is interesting.
0: And, the, and the role that those positions play, the role that those people play, is what?
1: Well, I know that the construction at risk manager really oversees all the sub, you know, they, they see, they kind of babysit the project, and they look at the sc- subcontractors that are hired very carefully. So if there's like three bids for a subcontractor, they, they really look at, at the, you know, try to decide which one is the best one for the job. So they do a lot of research to make sure they're picking the right people. They're not just going with the lowest bid. There might be three low bids, but they're going to carefully choose who they go with.
0: So this new position, the uh, the OPM, the Owner's Project Manager, mm-hmm. really is charged with ensuring quality work. They, they that's what I'm hearing you say.
1: Well, that's the Construction at Risk Manager, and the Owner's Project Manager is, is like overseeing the whole project with the building committee. They sit on the building committee and, um, and they helped hire the construction at risk manager. So they're, they're also very important.
0: Well, I'll tell you, it, it makes so much sense to me having j- uh, my wife and I have just completed renovations uh, on our house and we had a person, our architect, who oversaw all of the work. If it was up to us, uh, there's no way we would have had the expertise to ensure that the, the work was done correctly.
1: Oh, well, that's great, Roger. So uh,
0: what the town is now doing is... Uh, I- it seems to be sensible uh, to me. Um,
1: so hopefully avoid something like what has happened to the, the fire station. Because well,
0: and it's important because town meeting is going to be asked to... Uh, make some decisions about some other capital projects. There, yes. there are two: the the DPW yard. Let's deal with them one at a time. The sure. DPW yard and th- uh, a new police station. Yes. Do you?
1: That is one of the articles that they're going to be voting on at, at town meeting. It's they they both fall into one article. It's renovations to both of those facilities, which have been much in need of renovations for many years and now they, they've come up with a solution. There was the Major Capital Projects Working Group, and um, they studied this for about a year, and then they formed the, the DPW, Belmont Police Department Building Committee, who uh, worked with designers to come up with schematic designs for both of them, and they actually thought that they were g- it was gonna be a short-term solution for each facility, but now they actually have a short-term solution for the DPW, which is gonna cost 1.2 to 1.4 million, and a permanent solution for the police station, which will cost 6.2 to 7.5 million versus what a new facility would have cost, which would be like $30 million.
0: So let's talk about DPW first, and the the short-term solution. When we talk about a short-term solution, that's a, a ten-year solution. My understanding it's a is a
1: ten-year solution. So in ten years, the town really has to start thinking about building a brand new facility for the public works on the public works campus, which is at 37 C Street, and that would cost. Well, today it would cost 35 million. I don't know what it'll cost in in ten years. But so
0: what we're t- what we're talking about uh, down there, yeah. I, I say down there yeah. because uh, C Street is down by the the railroad tracks. Yeah. Uh, the fact that today, in today's world, mm-hmm. there aren't adequate facilities for right. both men a- and women.
1: That's right. So what this project is going to do for, for you know, no more than 1.4 million, that's the, the highest that Anne-Marie Mahoney, the chairman of the building committee, estimates it'll be. She said they're going to add modulars to the building. There's going to be a Big modular in the back of the building that's going to provide locker rooms for males and females, which will include showers. They don't have showers right now. So they're working eighteen hour shifts and they don't they don't even have a place to shower.
0: And these are the folks that uh, not to put too fine of a point on it, but, well, let's put a fine point on it. Uh, these are the our town employees who go, climb down into our sewers yes, uh, and then go back to the DPW yard and today they don't have a place to shower. So
1: with this they're going to have showers they'll have a laundry facility they'll have a large multi-purpose room for training or meetings a a place to rest a quiet space to rest an expanded break room with a kitchenette administrative space with an additional bathroom and there's going to be another modular in the front of the building which will be a private a check-in area for private contractors because they don't have that now either and they use a lot of private contractors like in the winter for snow plowing. So that'll
0: uh, that will be a 10-year solution for um, oh, and not also not a whole lot of money.
1: And they're also that also includes um, improving the ventilation in the building. Uh-huh. Which is important.
0: Okay, let's flip over to the police station because there really have been changes mm-hmm. in the plans for uh, the police changes. station since, uh, right. since, since the town last meeting town
1: meeting. Yeah, the last town meeting that they discussed this was the Maybe fall. Maybe last fall. Yes. And they were talking about a temporary solution for the police station, which was also gonna consist of adding modulars. And then they were talking about for long-term that they thought it should go on the campus where the Public Works facility is, they would build a brand new facility on the Public Works campus. But that would've required changing Woodland Street from a private way to a public way. It would've required a lot of um, hoops to jump through, I guess you can put it that way. Um, And now they actually have a solution thanks to an architect, which Anne Marie Mahoney praises, this uh, Ted Galante of Galante Architects Studio in Cambridge. He um, came up with a plan to renovate and add on to the existing building, maintain its historic facade, and it can remain in its current location for the foreseeable future. For six point two to seven point four million dollars. So, so
0: all the discussions that we've had in the past about uh, whether the police station should go to the DPW yard or to the old incinerator site mm-hmm. or to the current library facility, those yeah. those discussions are now closed right? because the police station is going to stay where it is. Right. So
1: the plan, if w- town meeting approves this, it, which I think they will. Um, The plan will add 10,000 square feet to the existing building with an addition over the lower level in the back of the building, the addition of an elevator to make it handicap accessible, the addition of a handicap accessible entrance on the side of the building, a sally port also on the side of the building, which is where you bring prisoners in. Um, And uh, what
0: about parking? Uh, uh, My image of the police station is we have this public facility there. And there is no place for our town employees, the the police officers to, to park.
1: There's going to be the addition of a three bay garage and parking for an additional fifteen vehicles, which is pretty good. It's not I you know, it's not like what they really want on their wish list, but down the road when the municipal light building becomes available, which could be in about ten years, five to ten years I'm told they could potentially have additional parking on that land, potentially.
0: And for the most part, my understanding is that we are only, uh, there is going or may be additional parking, as you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. but the old Belmont Light Building Mm -hmm. isn't part of this development plan. Not this
1: plan. But this plan also will, will add locker space for males and females, uh, new holding cells, a new booking area, a safe locking facility for weapons, an improved interview and holding room. It's it's really going to give new life to the existing facility and add 10,000 square feet to it, for making it a total of 24,000 square feet.
0: Uh, and it's great because it keeps the police station as part of the, the campus mm-hmm. there with the Homer building and town hall. I have to
1: admit, I... I I really like where it is, and I love the facade. I love the historic look of the building. They said it's like a George, Georgian Colonial. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Well, I like the look of the building, but I also like the the notion of a municipal campus. So I, I do too. I I would have preferred putting it at the DPW yard as opposed to putting it all the way out in the edge of town at the old incinerator site, yeah. but. But this sounds like a, uh, a great solution by some creative people I I at the I risk agree. of, uh, you know, complimenting uh, <laughs> people. But uh, there are some people who really have put some good thinking into this.
1: Yeah, I agree. And a new, p- a new police facility would cost um, about $30 million. Dollars, so they're g- you're getting what's like a new police facility for no a more c- than $7.4 million.
0: So a fourth of the cost.
1: Right, right.
0: That's great. Uh, Let's close the door on that. Uh, There is ongoing conversation about the old incinerator site. Uh, uh, And the town meeting will be asked to uh, devote money to uh, capping the old incinerator site, which is... uh, Let's not talk a lot uh, about that, because I think that that's something that...
1: That's a whole other show.
0: (laughs) And it's just something uh, the town has agreed to do and has to do uh, over time. Right. But uh, let's take the opportunity to at least identify Mm -hmm. for our listeners some of the issues, because there will be or or there has been scheduled a meeting by the Board of Selectmen, a public hearing. Yes. For people to come and talk about what they might like to see that's at June the old 18th. incinerator June 18th June at 18th. 8
1: o'clock at Town Hall okay Town Hall auditorium so what town meeting is going to be asked to do is there's already money for this so they're just appropriating the money it's seven hundred seventy thousand dollars to knock down what's on the existing incinerator site that's that's basically what it's for um, and then once that's done, we, they, they're, they're looking for ideas. That's what June 18th is all about. Come and bring us your ideas. There's already some ideas that have been made public for a, a bike and skate park, a solar right. farm.
0: A, uh, the putting the new hockey rink. Right. Uh, uh, assuming there is a new hockey rink. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the options is to put the new hockey rink out it's at the old incinerator site.
1: It's definitely an option, although they, they do prefer to put it on the existing high school campus. And according to um Patrice Garvin, the town administrator, she said the capping of the site, the cat because once this is knocked down, they have to actually cap it. Now the high For school For environmental f- reasons. Yes. And the hockey rink actually is a cap in itself. It's it's like a cap. That's that's like one of the examples of, of, of a cap that you could put on the site. Uh, there's some engineering involved and costs involved. But according to Patrice Garfin, it's like one and a half to two years away, this capping. Uh huh. So the Belmont Youth Hockey League, I don't think, wants to wait that long. And I actually think that the hockey rink can't wait that long. I think the existing hockey rink, they're saying, may not even open in the fall.
0: And I'm, I, I'm not an engineer, but uh, it seems like it would be difficult to build a big building on top of a bunch of, a bunch, that's a term of art, a bunch of ash that has been dumped in the ground. Uh, I know we, d- but we there definitely proba- need an
1: engineering expert to look at that. Th-
0: y- yeah, there must be people smarter than I am who, uh, uh, who have looked at issues. I'm not like
1: gonna l- lie to you though, uh, Roger. I actually favor putting the hockey rink on the incinerator site. Really? <laughs> um, just because I'm concerned about traffic that it would bring to the high school
0: area. Well, it does seem hard to imagine that with the schools having said no they didn't want to give up land for a new library that right. they would then turn around and say, "Oh, but a hockey rink and additional parking is uh, is okay." I S- feel
1: that way too Roger, and I feel like until that new school is built, maybe you shouldn't do anything. Maybe it's better to wait because once the new school is built, you might need more field space, you might need you might want to get the tennis courts on the campus somewhere. Yeah. You might need additional parking. But it's not my decision. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we have uh, just time for one more thing. Uh, there is a, an article that I haven't quite resolved in my own mind on whether it's uh, a big or a little article. Okay. Um, or actually, there are it's a series of articles having to do with retirement uh, yes. benefits but it's something that Town Meeting considered last year and turned down.
1: Exactly. So there's two articles that are almost, one is identical to what was brought to Town Meeting last year and rejected, and that is to adjust the spousal benefit for surviving spouses of retirees from $6,000 to $12,000. Currently, there are three surviving spouses. According to Floyd Carmen, who's on the retirement board, that, that could go up, I mean, there's definitely going to be more surviving spouses, but he doesn't know who's going <laughs> to pass away when, and um, so he estimates that this could cost the town down the road. I don't know. I think he said like something in around like thirty-five thousand dollars. So year, it's real money. A year, yeah. Uh,
0: even out of a one hundred sixteen million dollar budget, that's real money.
1: Yeah, and they did reject it last year. So why would they bring it back again? And the reason Floyd says they're bringing it back again is because the school, the schools, surviving spouses of retirees for the schools get twelve thousand dollars. So why shouldn't town employees, surviving spouses, get okay twelve thousand dollars? That's the argument.
0: So we'll see if uh, town meeting votes to take care of the surviving spouses right. of uh, town employees.
1: And and be fair right like give the town what the schools are getting sure now. however that's that's also the the issue the uh, other article that's coming and that's to increase the COLA base for town employees from what they get now which is $12,000 right to $13,000 which is what school employees get they get $13,000 the school retirees last year this article was rejected. They were asking for fourteen thousand dollars. So maybe this year, with it being thirteen, and the argument that it's what the school retirees get.
0: Town maybe. meeting will say yes.
1: Maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> we'll see.
0: Okay, we're out of time. We could talk about uh, town finances forever, and it's fun, and hopefully, it's uh, informational to our uh, to our readers. Uh, I do appreciate you taking time to come over here. I know that this is a, a busy time of year at the the Belmont Citizen Herald. I do, sure. <laughs> uh, I do, I do want to put in a plug. Everything that we've talked about, uh, people can read about. Uh,
1: read it in print in the Be- Belmont Citizen Herald or online, Belmont.WickedLocal.com.
0: We've been talking with uh, Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. You've been listening to, to Community Conversations. I would like to thank you for tuning in. You can stream Community Conversations online at the BMC Podcast Network at belmontmedia.org. And you can also find Community Conversations at the, by searching for the BMC Podcast Network on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in. We will see what happens at town meeting next week, and I will talk to you again Next time, I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton.